you know, the one reoccurring subject that keeps coming up when talking with this group for the last year or two has been something that you're worried about. Everybody's worried about something. So I want to talk a little bit about this morning. I want to read from Matthew 6.25. This is Jesus. And this is what he says. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, and about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? I mean, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Boy, isn't that the truth? I read last week about a guy that was in the psych ward in the hospital because he thought he was an ear of corn. No kidding. Well, they worked on this guy, and they got him cured, and they released him. But he came back about a week later. He busted in the building, trembling in fear, and he said, help me, help me. They said, what's the problem? He said, there's a chicken outside. And they said, what? A chicken? The doctor said, Mike, we have been through this. You're not an ear of corn. You're a grown man. He said, I know that, doctor, but I don't think the chicken does for some reason, I knew that wasn't going to work, but I tried it anyway. See, the chicken, you understand the chicken? Th- All right, okay. So I'm going to ask you this, and then later on we're going to pray about it. I'd like to know what's the one thing you're most afraid of for 2022. What scares you most about the coming year, besides my bad jokes, okay? But seriously, is it a, a relational problem? Is it a, I don't know, um, a health issue? Are you afraid of COVID or the Omicron? Politics, a sin issue? What scares you most about 2022? Think about that for a minute while I ask you another question. What's the one commandment you're having the most trouble obeying right now in your life? Is that a sin issue? Is it greed? Lust? Uh, Gossip? Critical spirit? The reason I ask is I found this command in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and it's a big one, and I think these days most of us struggle with it. This is command. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, Paul says. I'm thinking, are you serious? Most of us can break that commandment six or eight times before we even get out of bed in the morning. I mean, are you kidding me? Don't be anxious about it. In a country where we've invented the phrase worried sick, do you know the top five, or five of the top ten prescription drugs in America are for anxiety right now? Did you know that? I don't think there's a sin that will rob more people of joy in 2022 than the sin of worry. And that's why I started with this very familiar passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6 from the great physician. We're going to let Jesus teach us a little bit this morning. Listen, I know this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, and I know we've been through it together several times in my tenure here. But I'm thinking these days we can't read this enough. And if you're like me, every time I read it, I find something else in it. 
For example, verse 25, Jesus says, don't even worry about your life. Don't even worry about your life, he says. One guy put it like this. He says, worry is the fine we pay for looking for life in all the wrong places. In other words, when you and I try to find life in things that were never intended to give life, worry is going to be the inevitable result of that. Now, also notice Jesus admits that we're going to be seekers. That's just going to happen in 2022. You and I were created to to pursue something, and everybody in here is going to pursue something in 2022, probably with lots of energy. We were created to go after things with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So the issue is not seeking. The issue is what are you going to seek in 2022? I think it's also interesting Jesus talks about pagans. This is probably the greatest definition of a pagan in the New Testament because you don't spot a pagan by how they talk or how much Bible they know. The marker, Jesus says, is pagan, is that they are actually putting their, uh, hoping, looking for life in external things instead of eternal things. That's a pagan. They're looking for life in the wrong place. Jesus says, I'm the truth, I'm the way, I'm the life, and if you're looking for life in anything beyond me, you're a pagan. And if you and I are looking for life in those things, we're going to worry too. Because we can't control tomorrow, we all know that, and in tomorrow lies the possibility of a threat to the things that we're trying to find life in. For example, are you trying to find life in your health? Everybody's worried about health. That's all we're talking about. Are you trying to find life in that? Are you trying to find life in a well-shaped, buff body? Are you trying to find life in your IRA? Trying to find life in your wife or your husband or your kids or your grandkids? See, the problem is, in tomorrow, some of those things or all of those things can be taken from us. And if you're trying to find life in those things, then you're going to worry about it because you can't control tomorrow. Is that making sense or am I just rambling? I'm rambling, right, but I'm making a little sense, right? It reminds me of Thomas Carlyle. He was a famous English poet, and he built this soundproof room over his attic so he could have some writing time without any distractions. But the funny thing is the only noise he could hear in the attic was his neighbor's rooster that crowed about three times a day, and it drove him nuts. And so he went to talk to his neighbor about it. His neighbor said, I don't understand this, Thomas. My rooster only crows three times a day. And Thomas said, yeah, I know that, but if you only knew how much I suffered waiting on it to crow, that's us. That's what worry does to us. We're miserable all day long today worrying about something that might happen tomorrow. And it's a pain. But worry's different than most of the pains in life. There are a lot of pains in life that we could talk about. There's the pain of loss that some of you just recently experienced. There's the pain of sickness, the pain of financial breakdown, the pain of having our kids going crazy or grandkids going crazy. Lots of pains in life that we don't have any control over. And when they come, we just got to handle them and try to work through them with the Lord. The, the difference is worry is a pain that's self-inflicted. We put that on ourselves, and, and it can't make you an inch taller. And Jesus said it can't, it can't add one hour to your life, although it can take life away from you. According to all medical experts, it can shorten your lifespan. It's worthless. It's not good for anything. When I first came to work here, I was still at Indianapolis Power and Light, and I had a friend up there. His name was Dave Pate, and man, that guy was a worrier warrior. This is one of the worriedest people. In fact, he came up to me one day, and he said, Jimmy Kane, I have so much to worry about. If something bad happens today, it's going to be at least two weeks before I can worry about it. 
I mean, he was just constantly about that. Mark Twain once said, I'm an old man, and I've known many troubles, but most of them have never happened. And that's the truth. Again, we worry about things, stew about things that might not ever come to be. And that upsets Jesus because that causes us to be miserable. It robs us of joy. It shortens our lifespan. But I think the biggest issue from this passage that I'm seeing is Jesus says worry is a sign that our goals are too small. In other words, Jesus is telling us that life is a whole lot more than what you and I were worrying about. Jesus said, I created you for a whole lot more than just worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to put on your body. I created you for a whole lot more than that. When you worry about those kind of things, you're diminishing who you are as a human being. We're looking at our lives like they're just, our bodies are machines that need to be lubricated or something. And, you know, at this point, the advertising industry is not helping us out at all because we're bombarded every day, all day long, on our cell phones and on our computers with pop-ups and on TV and billboards and radio and everywhere you look. Uh, the media's got a message of anxiety, and the message is this. You are nothing more than a complex machine. Now, it took billions of years for you to become complex. You started as pond scum, okay? But now that you're a complex machine... Your problem is you just need to be maintained well, and you're not. Just turn on the TV. You'll see what I'm talking about. They'll tell you, you need a new toothpaste, man. You, you need a new jacket. You, you need a new razor. But you need a new uh, pair of jeans from Kohl's with holes in them. You know what I mean? You need a new car. You need a better beer. On and on and on it goes. If you could just find what you need to maintain the body, maybe you'd get more miles out of it before it caves in. And when we buy into that stuff, we're allowing ourselves to buy into a very reductionist view of what it means to be who we are. Jesus said, I created you for a whole lot more than that. Now, I will admit to you, if that's true, if that's all we're going to get, then I'd go after it. Grab for all the gusto, you only go around once, you know, uh, that kind of business. But Jesus is telling us it's not true. It's a lie. In verse 33, he says, you seek first the kingdom of God. You were created to pursue and to promote and to live in the kingdom of God. And that should be your top priority in life. And here's the deal. If that's our top priority in life, then we can do that no matter what happens. Sickness can come to you this year, and you can still pursue the kingdom of God. China can attack Taiwan, the stock market can crash, the Omicron can go nuts. All these nasty things could happen, and you and I could still seek the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is getting at. And if we do that, all these things would be added to us anyway. I loved uh, Azinger, Paul Azinger's response when he got cancer years ago. He's a pro golfer. And one of the commentaries said, what are you going to do now, now that you've got cancer? What are you going to do now that golf is over? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, you know, golf's how I made a living. Golf's not my God. My, it's way down the list. I, I got God, family, friends, and then golf. God's, golf's not my God. God is my God. And, and you and I can take the word golf out of there and put whatever it is in your life right now that means so much to you. And that's what you're going to worry about in 2022. You're going to worry about anything in your life that you've not given God control of. And we don't have to do that. You, you and I don't have to do that. Worry is a, it's a learned behavior. You're not born with it. 
and we can unlearn it. I reread the story last week about a fellow who hired a carpenter to come and work on his barn. And he said, this carpenter just had a good old-fashioned bad day. He, he got up in the morning to go to work and had a flat tire in his truck, so he had to change that, which means he was late getting to the job site in the first place. He started working at about 11.30 that morning. His power saw quit. He had to go to a hand saw. So he worked all afternoon with a hand saw. Finally got ready to call it a day and go home. He got in his truck and it wouldn't start. And he had to ask this farmer that had employed him to take him home. He said it was a bad day. It was a quiet ride home. But he said when we got to the guy's house, he asked me, would you come in, let me give you a pop, and introduce you to my family? He said, okay. So he got out of the car and he said, we started walking to the house. And he stopped. There was a big tree in the yard. And he stopped and rubbed his hands up and down the tree. And he said, from the time we left that tree to the time we got the house, huge transformation over this guy. He was all smiles. He kissed his wife. He hugged his kids. Anyway, he gave me a Coke, and he said, we started back the car. And I asked him, I said, what's this tree business? He said, that's my trouble tree. He said, trouble tree? He said, yeah, I know I'm going to have trouble every day, but I want to bring it home to my family. So every night I stop at the trouble tree, and I hang my troubles on that tree. And then in the morning when I go to work, I pick them back up. And he said, you know, it's an amazing thing. Most mornings there's a lot less troubles hanging on that tree than there was that I put on the night before. Now, that's not a real bad way to get rid of worry. It's not bad at all. But there's a better one. It's several. And we're going to look at them real quick, and then we're going to pray together. Sound good? Here's the first one. Talk to God about your worries. I mean, I don't know what it is you're worried about in 2022, but if I had one challenge to give my family, I would say turn your prayer up a notch when it comes to your worries. If you're used to praying a half hour a day, turn it up to 45 minutes. If you're a 45-minute-a-day prayer, turn it up to an hour. You know, whatever it is you're worried about, you pray about it. Turn it up a notch because worry is a great motivator. By the way, I heard about a hippo who was a great – I'm looking right at you, Brody, because you're the only one that's laughing at this point. Okay, so this hippo was a motivational speaker. He was good, motivated people. Hippo said, don't give up. Hippo said, never stop. But alas, Hippo didn't take his advice. Hippo quit. He, he was a hypocrite. Man, they're just not worrying. They're not working. Are they? Listen to me. Here's the deal. Worry is such a great motivator for prayer. And the truth is, if you and I just prayed half as much as we worried, we wouldn't have anything to worry about. This is the truth. Now, I know some people in here are probably thinking, well, you know, I'd be embarrassed to talk to God about the things I'm worried about because they're small potatoes compared to what's going on around me. I don't want to pop anybody's bubble, but we don't have any big potatoes. There's no problems in this room that are too big for God. And I'm just reminding you, big, small problems, whatever they are, whatever you're worried about, you take it to God in 2022 and talk to Him about it, and a couple of amazing things happen. First of all, you're reminded right off the bat who you're talking to. The God of the universe who said, let there be light, and there was light. Tony Campolo says, uh, when he opens his mouth, stars come out of it. You know what I mean? That's the God you're talking to. He can take care of tomorrow. But the second thing that happens when we take our worries to God, in my, in my estimation, is an actual miracle, and that is God will touch you. You get touched by God. Paul said uh, the rest of this passage in Philippians 4, 6, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now listen to this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You, you get touched by God. 
And, and there is not a feeling on the planet that compares to being touched by God. Some of you shaking your head, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was about six years old, and my mom and dad did something to us that they only did two times that I can remember growing up. They went on vacation without us. It was a grievous sin for which I've learned to forgive them. They were only gone for three days, but it was three days from you know where. They took us out to the Bombies. Patty Bombie was a friend of my mom. They lived way out in the country. And by day, it was a wonderful place to be. I mean, they had a pond and a creek, so there was frogs and mud and apple trees. We had a blast. But at night, it's a whole different story. At night, man, they put me in bed in my own room, which I wasn't used to anyway, and it was dark. See, in Plainfield, I had a street light down the corner, not at the Bombie's house. And I was worried sick. First of all, I was worried about my mom and dad if they were even coming back. I mean, if you had a sister like Candy, you wouldn't know why I worried about it. I know she's listening, you know what I mean? I was worried about the thunderstorm that was coming. And thunderstorm, it hadn't started. I couldn't hear it yet, but I could see the lightning, so I knew it was coming. I was worried about what was in the closet in the bedroom because I didn't know what was in the zombies, the bombies closet. But I knew what was in my closet, monsters. But you know what worried me the most as a six-year-old kid is what I was going to do all night because I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep, and I knew it was going to be a long, long night, and so I just started to cry. I didn't cry very loud, but I cried. And I'll tell you something. I've grown up a little bit since then, but the pattern hasn't changed at all. You start to worry, and then it turns to fear, and before you know it, you're, you're crying. You're tearing up, right? Well, Claudia heard me crying, and she came in the bedroom, and she got in bed with me, and she started rubbing my arm, that's my older sister, and singing this goofy song about Danny, Danny Dog, and Kitty, Kitty Cat, I don't even remember what it was, but you know what I did? I went to sleep. Yeah. I let Claudia take care of the monsters, that's what big sisters do. I went to sleep. I don't pretend to know how to explain this passage of Scripture to you, but I promise you with everything in my heart, it's the truth. I can't tell you how many times in my three and a half decades here where I've come to church in the morning with so much on my heart and so much on my mind in my office over there that I didn't know how I was going to get through the day. And on those days, as cheesy as this sounds, I curl up in a corner on my couch, you know, right where that is, and I ask Jesus, would you just hold me? Just hold me. And he does. He touches me and calms me, and I don't know how to explain that to you, but I can't explain it away either. And if you've got something you're worried about, you talk to him about it, and he will touch you. I promise. Very quickly, number two. Talk to God about it, and you turn it over to him. You've got to let him have it. Steve Farrer tells this story in one of his books about a photographer who was taking pictures of one of those wildfires out west for a national magazine, and he was told when he showed up there'd be a plane ready for him. He got there about an hour before sundown, and there was a single end of Cessna right on the airstrip ready to pick him up. So he piled his stuff in the back and jumped in. He told the pilot, let's go. So the pilot took off, and then pretty soon they were up over the fire, and he looked at the pilot, and he said, now fly me over the north end of this fire and make several low passes. And the pilot said, wait, what? He said, fly me over the north end of the fire and make several low passes. And the pilot said, why in the world would you ask me to do that? He said, because I'm the photographer, man. I'm supposed to take pictures. There was a long pause and a long moment of silence. And he said, you're the, you're the photographer? 
I thought you were my instructor. That's something to worry about. There are times to worry. I know that. And it's okay to talk to your family about it, your friends, and your preacher. But if you really want somebody who can do something about it, you turn it over to God. I don't know how many times in my 40 years of ministry that I've told somebody, give it to God. What's the old cliche? Let go and let God. But you know how come we have to keep talking about that? Because if you're like me and you're honest about being like me, I can't tell you how many times I've come up here on Sunday morning, got down on my knees, turned something over to God, got right back up and took it home with me. How crazy is that? Psalm 22, 55, 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord, he'll sustain you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your anxiety on the Lord because he cares for you. Listen, if you're going to give something to God, give it to him and go home without it. We might as well give it to somebody and do something about it because we can't. And if you turn it over to God this morning and go home without it, then you can go home, go to bed and go to sleep. Let him take care of the monsters. That's his job. And then one final thing. We just trust God and enjoy today. Just trust God and enjoy today. I think that's what bothers Jesus most about this whole business is that when you and I worry about stuff about tomorrow, it robs us of the grace of today. I mean, just think about this for a minute. What do you have right now to go home to? I mean, you and I get to worship the God of the universe in here in just a couple of minutes. Sarah and the team's going to come up here. We can actually sing praises to the God of the universe. We're going to take communion at the table of Jesus Christ. We get to do that today. Nobody's going to bust in and arrest us. We go home, we're going to have food on the table. Everybody, we don't have one naked person in the building, praise God. We all got clothes on. We got plenty to drink. We got kids. We got grandkids. We got friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives. We got money. We got a Colts game today and an IU game today that mean a lot. There's lots of fun coming up. We got all of this stuff. Are we really going to give up the rejoicing and the joy and all those things by worrying about something that might happen tomorrow, Jesus says, no. No, don't do that. Now hug your family. Take communion. Sing praises to God. Enjoy today. You have today, and you have so much in it. I read a story about a guy that was a missionary to a certain group of Eskimos about 20 miles south of the Arctic Circle, and he said this particular group of Eskimos, uh, they had a strange way of counting age. If you ask them how old they were, they would say, I don't know, I don't care. But if you pushed them, they would say, well, I'm almost. Almost what? Almost a day. This group believed that when you died at night, or when you went to sleep at night, you actually died, and then you got resurrected the next morning, and you got a chance to live another day. And so you're never older than one day. And he said, you know, that life is really hard 20 miles south of the Arctic Circle. It's a lot of survival, and to get through one day is amazing. He said, I think we can learn a lot from that. I think so, too. I think what we need to do uh, as a family moving forward, starting today, thinking about 2022, is as we take communion this morning and recognize <laughs> the only thing that really matters is our eternal life, the kingdom of God, thanks to Jesus' broken body and shed blood. I think as we come to do that this morning, it would be wise of us to bring whatever the worry is we talked about at the beginning, the one you prayed over, and just leave it here and leave it here. Go home without it and then worry about the next worry and the next worry and build your trust and seek the kingdom of God. Let's spend some time with him this morning.